Welcome to Talking Allergies, the podcast where we talk all things allergies about all types of allergies in all kinds of allergy lives. From food allergies to environmental allergies, special guests, community stories, allergy insights, giveaways and more. This is your allergy podcast for all things allergies. Hi Melrick. Hi Grace and welcome to another episode of Talking Allergies. Today we're talking living with allergies as an adult. Uh, it's exciting to talk about area and a topic that we're both familiar with uh, so closely, um, especially as we've both gone through that transition of being a, uh, a dependent. So having, I guess, parents and guardians, schools, uh, and looking after us through our allergies and then having to go through, well, independence, live with allergies, you know, all those things like shopping, dating, uh, getting jobs, all those sort of aspects of it. So you just touched on dating. Controversial topic. Yeah. Do you put allergies in the bio of the dating profile? You know, someone asked me about this not long ago, and I was going to answer the question, but then I asked them another question. I said, what dating app are you using? Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Because what you realise, and, I, I, and I've had a chance to look at the data, different dating apps, and they've all got different sort of, like, features you can add in and so forth that have, like, different aspects to it. So I, I would answer that with, it depends on the app that you're using. You're going to have to elaborate on that. What apps? Like, Oh, look, I'm not, I'm not, not sure what all the cool kids are using these days, <laughs> but uh, I'd say, I'd say that depends, depends on the app you're using. If you can put it in a bio or you can put it as like a, like a special feature about me or like a, like, you know, what's something interesting aspect. Some apps let you put like little dot points about yourself. Yeah, so I, I would put it, I'd, I'd say put it out there. Just say you're allergy inclusive or something or an allergy advocate, something to show that you are allergy aware, like, you know, you're, you're connected with allergies. And then without having to go to the point of what allergies you have, um, especially if you've got multiple allergies, you might use up too many words. Why would you do it that way? Well, I think honesty is important in any aspect of dating. And People put, for example, that they like dogs and cats, you know, or they like walks in the beach. If you're going to put that level of personal detail on a dating profile, then put allergies out there too. And you might find someone who has allergies too, so you'll connect over that topic. It's a topic of discussion. So, okay. Yeah, I the opposite. The opposite? I, okay. Yeah, I actually, because a lot of the dating profiles, they kind of just like swipe through the photos. I don't think that it's necessarily something that everyone will read. So I actually would do it when someone messages through. So like if they go, oh, I'd like to go for a, tell me something interesting about yourself. I'll be like, haha, interesting. I am anaphylactic or I have these allergies. Oh, wait, straight off. It's like first thing, they're going to say hi and you can reply back with an automatic message. I have allergies. No, no, you have to ask them the question, like, do you want something interesting about yourself? And then if they message back something interesting, then my interesting fact is okay, so I'm allergic. <laughs> so I'm putting it as an interesting feature about you and you're going interesting facts. Look, I don't know what the answer to this is. I think um, I think we need to get some – if anybody's listening in, you know, let us know what you actually – think is the right answer because I have no idea what works. However, you really do have to bring it up before the first day, just in case. Oh, look, you should. I think it um, depends on what allergies you have, right? I think this sort of brings into that yeah. aspect. So when you when you were like, when you're younger, you know, you're a kid, you got your mum, daddy, parents sort of looking after you, they might sort of bring that up before you go to a situation. But when you're an adult, say you've got a food allergy and you're going to eat out, so that becomes a a topic to discuss depending on where you go. Like you've got a shellfish allergy, you can't go on a first date to a seafood restaurant. You're right. Exactly. And, you know, if you've got a, an allergy, you've got to bring that up earlier because that will allow the date to go to a place that's safe for you. Uh, that includes, for example, pet allergies or pollen allergies. Like you've got pet allergies, you can't go to like a cat cafe. Or <laughs> you've got pollen allergies, you're not going to have a picnic on the first date. You're going to take, take something a little bit more uh, indoorsy. Um, and that goes for other allergies like fragrance allergies. You've got to talk about, you know, for example, what perfume or 
What are you going to wear for each other? So there's different aspects of that communication. So you definitely should be a little bit more upfront uh, before you go into that date. But of course, if your date's online and it's like a video chat, Zoom, a Zoom date, people do Zoom, Zoom dates, FaceTime date, if you do that. Then I thought they did when we were in lockdown. I'm not sure about now, but yeah, yeah, so maybe. Like, yeah, it, look, if you're doing an online, like a virtual date, then you don't have to worry about it as much. Maybe that's the way to go. If you're worried about the uh, all the allergies and that being an issue or, I guess, a challenge for the first date, maybe a, a virtual date to begin with. I mean, dating by itself, without even putting allergies into the conversation, it, it's, it's nervy, you know? Like, what do I say? What do I wear? What all these other aspects to it. You add an allergy to the conversation, you're worried about them thinking either rightly or wrongly about your allergies. Of course, with the right people, you know, it could be a very positive conversation about how you can work through it. And I mean, it could just be, you could speak about it for a long time, if they, especially if they want to get to know you. The easiest way to get to know a person with allergies is to ask them about their allergies. So, if they react negatively, then they won't the present for you regardless. Yeah, you know, if anybody reacts negatively and they have, uh, unfortunately, not the right sort of ideas and thoughts about allergies, um, you know, you can either try and sort of educate them. I think there is an education aspect as well, the awareness of allergies that don't get done enough. Uh, a lot of people don't realise the severity of them until you talk to them about it. And depending on how they sort of go by you sort of explaining that information to them, then you can make that decision on whether there is a second date or not. But it is important to bring up for, it depends on the allergy and for your own safety or, yeah. Yeah, and look, uh, being an adult with allergies isn't just about dating, of course. There are other aspects of it, <laughs> from getting a job to shopping uh, and, and just independently taking responsibility for your own actions um but just touching on just getting a job for example you know it's about choosing where to work you know uh getting through the job interview and then of course the workplace itself so it's not just about oh yeah I'll get a job you've got to really think about how that job would be able to manage and allow you to work safely how have you dealt with jobs and allergies yeah look i've um I look at myself as someone that's done a lot of different kinds of jobs that have put my allergies uh, into question, whether I could say in the workplace. Um, I've worked in plant farms, uh, been a bit younger. Um, plant farm with a pollen allergy? Yeah, I, I didn't think about it as much at the time. Um, I was a bit younger, so I hadn't sort of got my contingencies and all my sort of preparations uh, as well as I have it now. But I, I was just looking for a job. It was close to where I lived at the time and it was good for me to sort of, you know, get some, some money while I was at uni. So I uh, I got the job and, uh, yeah, I was okay for the most parts, but then I'd go through certain parts of the plant farm and they had certain plants that were pollinating. Of course, the pollen wasn't good for me. And, uh, yeah, I reacted and I was like, okay, I probably shouldn't work here anymore. <laughs> But that was, that was one example. I've also worked in a professional environment and I've got pet allergies. So looking at it from a perspective of people bringing pets into the workplace. So I've had situations where I've had a meeting to go to and my eyes are watering and I've got like an itchy, itchy eyes and itchy chin and so forth. And I'm like, oh, and it just completely changes your outlook for the approach in the meeting. And then you go to the meeting and you've got it. I don't know, in my case, I'm holding tissues in my hand while I'm talking and it's sort of like a, it's a different situation completely if you didn't have those allergies. And I think with time, I've been a bit more honest about it in workplaces so I can alleviate myself to deal with it. But that's just my allergies. With people that have food allergies would have challenges, perfume allergies, uh, skin-related allergies. I have also had some skin reactions from workplaces but, and, and trains, like travelling to work and so forth. Um, what, what about you, Grace? How have you been able to look at sort of working with your allergies as an adult? So my first kind of work started as a teenager, so that's probably where I'd start off with. Um, so my first job, when I searched for jobs, I didn't go for, say, a waitress or anything in the hospitality industry because um, I couldn't 
did, I couldn't handle uh, having any nuts or exposure to uh, nuts or seafood. So I actually got my first job at the fruit shop. So when I was working at the fruit shop, I would normally just have fruits running through the register, but um, occasionally I would have a sealed package of nuts. And if they were ever opened, say if the, the nuts had um, exploded out of their bag for some unknown reason, then I would have uh, the lady or the person working behind me switch with me. And if they did switch, then they would actually clean down the register straight after with kind of soap and water. So that they were actually really, really lovely about it. I did bring it up uh, kind of the first day that I started working there and they were really, really accommodating and really, really lovely. Uh, as I had different jobs after, say I went to uni and then I got a job at a uni, I did have to bring up my allergies. I didn't bring it up in the interview as I didn't believe that it was needed at the time because I wasn't handling food. Um, but then working, I found that there was, uh, say, allergies in the kitchen. So instead of advocating for myself, I actually just used to bring food that I didn't have to put in the fridge or I didn't have to put in the microwave. And I would have my own water bottle that I would bring from home. So it wasn't until the first week that I was there that we went out to go get coffees and I volunteered to go with someone to go grab all of the coffees. And I brought it up to the coffee place and said, hey, actually I have these allergies, could you please make sure that it's not in the coffee? And then someone, the person that I was with, goes, oh, do you actually have an allergy? And I discussed it with them and they actually became, a, became an advocate for me at the workplace. So they helped me bring up my allergy to the bosses and to my co-workers at the time and it was really, really lovely. And over that I grew confidence with using the microwave and the, um, the fridge at the time. But then, say, like a couple of months went by and someone had maliciously put uh, cashews on my desk and you were allergic to cashews and pistachios and shellfish? Yeah, so they put uh, open cashews right on my monitor, on my uh, keypad and around my um, whole seating area. I'm really sorry to hear about that. That's, that's just not okay. I mean, I've heard similar stories from other people about these situations at workplaces, but... You know, when we look at allergies and the severity of them and what, what can happen if not managed, people putting others maliciously in a situation, knowing what it can do, that's, that's just not okay. That's just not okay. You know, I think anybody out there that even has the consideration or the intent to maybe do that to someone, just don't do it. It's not okay. You know, it can really hurt and impact a person and if it escalates, it can be fatal. For people that don't have allergies, I would liken it to someone putting poison all over your desk. And it's, it, it is fatal to me. So cashews are particularly fatal to me and they knew that. Um, so it was a direct threat from them. Um, so I ended up actually leaving that job. Thank you for sharing that, Grace. You know, getting a job and working, it's got so many challenges without even considering having allergies and having to bring that up to the workplace, especially depending on where you work and what sort of support options are available for you. Um, I hope that anybody else that is looking for jobs and or workplaces that are supporting people, think about people that have allergies and find ways to include them in their workplaces. I think you shouldn't look at an allergy as a defining factor of why someone can do their job. If they're good at their job, work with them support them, advocate for them, um, enable them to help your organisation because there are many amazing people out there that have allergies but will still add a lot of value to your workplace. They do. It's really important to be cared for in the workplace and to make sure people are safe when working there. And it's really lovely if someone actually does advocate for you and learning how to bring it up 
So similar to if um, I was starting, I was just getting a coffee and, and brought it up to one colleague at work. So then I had someone advocating for me. That's actually a really lovely way. You know, being an adult with allergies is also about shopping and buying things for yourself. And it's not just about things you want. Yeah, budgeting can be really hard, especially depending on what you're actually allergic to as well. So if you're allergic to different items, such as you could have allergy-friendly bedding, you could have creams, going to different specialists as well, depending on your allergies and the reactions that you have, depending on your body, they can be very expensive, but also your time as well, making sure that you're actually balancing the time to go see them and to rest and recover from any allergic reactions you're having. And even those emergency medications, it's really important that you actually budget appropriately throughout your life. And, and yeah, when you have allergies, it's not just, I'm going to find the most cost-effective element, or there's a special label on it, great, I'll pick that up. No, if you've got allergies, so you have a food allergy, you've got to find and make sure that product doesn't have your allergy in it. If it's environmental related, you've got to look at hypoallergenic elements. You know, if it's like fragrance related, you know, is it got the right ingredients? And even if it's creams, you know, if you've got skin related allergies, you've got to look at what reactions has it got the right stuff in it for me to be, or does it have the wrong things in it that will cause a reaction? It is a multitude of things. And then when you have, uh, say, you've got drug allergies and you've touched the medications before, you have to find alternatives. And sometimes, unfortunately, a lot of these things cost more than the, the normal. And if you, so you have to budget. And when you're an adult, when you're independent and self-reliant on yourself, that budgeting aspect becomes quite a big deal. And when you, as you get older, you might have kids. So you've got to incorporate that. You might be in a relationship. Uh, you have to incorporate all these aspects to it. So living with allergies as an adult does require to be a little bit more strategic and tactical on how you, uh, you make decisions on what you purchase. Definitely. You touched on self-reliance. That's a very big aspect of living as an adult with allergies is that you have to be self-reliant on, say, even the allergy triangle, knowing where the hospital is, knowing where uh, you can get assistance. Yeah, you have to be that person that advocates for yourself first. Yes, you're going to have people that you might have people around you, some amazing people, and I've got some mates that stand up for me, which is really good. And really nice um so you might have those people around you too but you still have to advocate for yourself tell people that you have allergies and and make sure that you are always always making others aware because you don't have that other step like you did when you were younger and even self-reliance depends on the decision making as well so going can i go here is the risk not too risky enough. So say if it was, if someone, if everyone was going to a seafood restaurant, I would say, actually, I won't go this time because the risk is too high for me to go. Have you ever felt that, Malwick? Look, I've said no to many a picnic in my time. <laughs> a picnic? Oh, picnics, yeah. Look, especially during like these months. So we're in September, October, November months, like, you know, the spring months, so springtime, just I just stay away from picnics um, as much as I'd love to go. Um, but you have to make decisions that work for you. you know, Decision-making as an adult is big. No one else will make it for you. Sometimes you might have others make it, but you still, as an adult, have that last final call. So if you have food allergies and you decide, yep, I'm going to go to that restaurant, you're making a conscious decision if that restaurant has any risks, to know what those risks are. Um, and that includes other types of allergies, like skin-related allergies, for example. You know, the, the easiest example I use is sunscreen. So a lot of people like to, and it's good to do that, but they like to put a lot of sunscreen on during uh, summer, and that's a good thing to do. However, you can't just put any sunscreens on if you have skin-related allergies. Um, and I myself have a, a bit of atopic contact dermatitis by using certain sunscreens. So I've got to be a little bit careful to make sure I use ones that work for me. And there are some that do, which is great. But I think when you have allergies, knowing what you do, and you might be trying to do the right thing, 
but unfortunately you have to still do the right thing in the right way for your allergies. Yeah, anything that you put on your skin, such as sunscreen or if it's makeup, depending on the different products as well, you're right. You do actually have to really check what's in it to make sure you're not having a reaction. And it's really good that we look at ways as an adult with allergies to navigate through different situations, even if it is using something like the allergy triangle where you look at the contact points uh, for any situations you are in. So, for example, where's the closest GP, where's the closest hospital, and where's home? So you know at all times what, what you can do in a situation if you have a reaction. Yeah, that's really important to talk about the allergy triangle, particularly where you're situated, where the GP is, and where the hospital is, just in case you have a reaction and you actually really need that support. Now, Grace, you caught up with Jen, who is a professional athlete, an educator, and an adult living with allergies. I did. Jem is an absolute inspiration. I can't even run, let alone be a professional athlete and do everything else she does. It's a really must-listen-to interview. Well, I can't wait to listen in, so why don't we just jump right in? Hi, Jem, and welcome to Talking Allergies. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. You talk a little bit about your allergy story um, and a little bit about you. I've had allergies for forever. Um... Yeah, since I was a kid, um, yeah, I work in sport and um, education and I'm an elite athlete. So, yeah, that's pretty much me. So you're both an elite athlete and you work in the space as well? Yeah. It's pretty impressive. (laughs) Yeah, it keeps me busy. How did you first learn that you had allergies? Because you said it was from a young age. So... Mum said that I had eczema heaps as a kid and um, they couldn't figure out what I was reacting to and then she took me to the doctor and they were like, oh, yeah, she's lactose intolerant, but keep giving her dairy because she'll just grow out of it. And then I didn't grow out of it, but mum was smart enough to not give me dairy. And, um, yeah, then we found out later I was actually allergic to it, not just intolerant. And then yeah, everything else kind of snowballed from there. So how did you find out that you were allergic if they didn't know for a long time and then you go, yes, you're now allergic? How did you know that? Yeah. Um, so I had a few reactions, I think in primary school, because I, you know, they said don't eat dairy and mum wouldn't have it at home, but everyone else had it at school. So I wanted it too. Um, hmm. Or I have cheese or something I'd just be violently ill really quickly and then we did some allergy testing and yeah there's definitely an allergy it's a good thing that you learned okay let's go get allergy tested from the reactions because it was back when allergies weren't necessarily uh widely known yeah it was even trying to get doctors to do the allergy testing back then was really hard like I'm fairly sure I've been to every immunologist and allergy doctor or even some of the alternative stuff as well to try and figure out what it is that was happening because, yeah, everyone's just like, yeah, no, you'll grow out of it. I'm like, "Mm, I'm in my 30s now. I haven't grown out of it. (laughs) Did your allergies change over time? Yeah, so they got a lot worse as I got older. Um, when I was in high school, they figured out I was allergic to wheat and nuts. I think it was nuts. Um, and then at the start of uni, they then figured out it was egg and it was, they think it was salicylates, but now they're changing that. Maybe I've grown out of that one. I'm not sure. So it was a lot of fruit and veggies were cut out. Um, when COVID started, we found out I was allergic to hand sanitizer and disinfectant because I'd never been exposed to that before. And then all of a sudden everyone was cleaning everything and we walked into Woolies and I went into an allergic reaction just because someone in front of us had used the hand sanitizer and it's the scent of whatever was in that. I don't know. That set me off. So since then... Since COVID started, I think we're up to about 300-odd reactions. 
So it's fun. That's probably an unexpected thing from COVID as well, that you just went, I didn't realise that that was such a big reaction. And then going from kind of like COVID and then through so many reactions. Yeah. How did you go about, like, understanding it? Um, We struggled, like, a lot because previously it was food. And I know food allergies are hugely annoying and they're really difficult to manage, but compared to the chemical reactions that I'm now have now having food allergies are easy like I can avoid drinking milk or I can avoid having the muesli bar with peanuts in it that's relatively easy most of the time but what I can't avoid is going to the shops and the person in front of me using hand sanitizer as they walk into Woolworths or the person on the bus next to me having really strong scented perfume on. Like it's incredibly difficult to manage that because I can't go to those people and be like, um, hey, you you can't be you can't use that and because they have a right to use the hand sanitizer because that's gonna keep them safe from the germs or whatever it is. But that was a huge thing, like and you'd get the announcements over the um, shopping centres going, your health and safety is our number one priority. Please remember to use hand sanitizer. And I'd just be, it just makes me feel so angry going, but my health and safety isn't your priority because every single person in this shopping centre is being told to use hand sanitizer. That's going to kill me. Mm. So I had to stop going out. It's, or if I did go out, somebody had to be with me. Like, I lost the ability, well, I lost my independence basically. Mum had to come grocery shopping with me just in case. And, you know, I'd, online shopping was great because I can do it that way. But just being able to, you know, if I'm on the way home from work and I want to get something from Coles, if I'm on my own, I can't do that. Just like that was at the peak. Now it's people aren't using it so much. So I, I can go or, I got. I'm very good at observing people, and if they, I can pick who's going to use it and who's not anymore. And if they're going to use it, I'll stand outside and wait, even if it takes ten minutes, because three other people have walked in. I'll just wait. So that side of it's really frustrating, but it is what it is, and I can't. It's one of those things that's out of my control. So yeah, we try not to worry about it too much. Can you bring it up in your day-to-day life? Like how do you manage bringing it up to people? If I'm going somewhere with people that I know or there's like a a work event organised and we've got an external meeting, I'll email whoever it is that's organising it and be like, hey, I'm anaphylactic to these things. If I can't say to people you can't wear it, but are you able to just advise people early that, I'm going to be there. I have these reactions and then that then makes they so far everyone that I've done that to has sent an email or a message out and then that puts the ownership on the other people to go, okay, I may cause harm to someone. So once I started doing that, most people have been pretty good and go, oh, no, we won't wear it or they'll pick something less scented. Um. So yeah, the basic that's the only way I can really manage it or try and av- or avoid the places where I know it's possibly going to be really bad. So I don't know. Like if I was going to go to a concert or something or at a bar then I probably wouldn't. But yeah, it just depends. You wouldn't tell them if you're going to the bar or you wouldn't go to the bar. Well, I wouldn't go to the bar. Like, yeah, if it's going to be too risky and there's too many allergens, then, yeah, it's sometimes you just have to avoid it. How do you ascertain that risk between being able to say, you know, um, understanding the risks of going versus not going or what places would you go to? Yeah, it's tricky. It's really tricky to figure that out. I kind of just have to do a bit of research into where it is that I'm going, what's going to be around. Um, 
like if I'm going to a friend's house, they get the message going, what are you cooking? What are we, what are we doing? Is, you know, are you going to decide to cook toast halfway through this? Cause you can't do that around me or, um, yeah, but public stuff, it sort of comes down to how badly do I want to go? Um, and if I can manage the risks, I will, if I figure out that I can't and it's just going to be too hard, then yeah, we we'll give that one a miss. It's very hard to um, know what ones to go with and what ones not to. So it's really good that you know, okay, there's these risks associated with going here and I'll just give it a miss. Yeah, or sometimes if I really, really, really want to go, then hopefully it's on a day where the next day I have like a day off. So if I was to have a reaction, the impact on the next day isn't as drastic if that makes sense mm-hmm. like I can rest or whatever I need to do as a professional athlete and someone that works in sports how do you manage being having allergic reactions to something that's in the air that is commonly used in sports yeah um I've actually noticed a lot of people don't tend to spray deodorant as much as a few of the younger guys do um but once again like my coaches amazing he's really good we have a backup plan for when I have reactions to adjust training and then the events organizers they know of my condition I've had allergic reactions during races um or just before a race because someone's used hand sanitizer as I'm walking to the start line um so yeah they all know who I am and I carry my orange box my EpiPens in it and so they're all like we email them before we go to the race or actually before I enter and say look these are the races that we're coming to um they've got a plan if I have a reaction and they also know who my support person is for that race so sometimes it's my coach sometimes it's my mum or one of my friends and they know those people so they're going to go to them or they'll do a loudspeaker if I'm falling over on the track and not, yeah, having a bad one. But that's only happened twice, I think. I've had to pull out of a few races, but I think I've only had two actually on the race, yeah, where it kicked in halfway through, which wasn't ideal, but I finished the race. How have you, um, you said that you carry your orange medication everywhere. Did you, when did you start carrying it and how have you found carrying it around? I started, it would have been COVID when the reactions started getting really bad because people, when I go out in public, people had to know if I've fallen over that I've got a medical condition. Um usually doesn't bother me except that it's a big heavy thing and attaching it to handbags or my backpack I quite often get whacked in the back of the head with it because it just doesn't doesn't sit right um but it gives me a bit more security of okay if I have a reaction then it's it's there it's it's right next to me so I'm not having to say oh it's it's in the bag it's over there can you go and get it and someone's like at the gym, they've got shared locker spaces. Someone's trying to sort through that. My EpiPen is right next to me. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't bother me too much, except when I get back whacked in the head. But, yeah, I've, I've had a few people come up to me, especially at the airports, um, and go, that is awesome. Like, that helps us. I think it was one of the first aid officers that goes, he just came up to me and was like, that is fantastic. You've got your medical stuff so visible. And I was like, oh, okay. Didn't really think about it. But, yeah, if other people notice it, then it's a good thing, I guess. Do other people with allergies notice it as well? I haven't had anyone come up and say anything. It was only the security guys in the airport. Um, yeah, it doesn't have – it's just an orange bag with the um, white cross on it. It doesn't actually say anaphylaxis or anything because I've got the bands on my wrist. And, it, like, my action plan and stuff is in the bag, but, yeah, 
I haven't had any allergy people say anything about it, I don't think. How do you find using all of the different elements? You've got the bans, the medical alerts, action plans on you. How do you find that people um, react to having all of those elements and does it comfort you in a way? Yeah, I get a lot of questions about my bands because um, they've got, I don't know if you can see them, the list of allergens on them. Um, quite often when I'm working with the kids, they'll go, oh, what's that? what's all the writing on there and then they start to ask a lot of questions and go oh so you can't eat chocolate that that's not fun and then someone will pipe up oh my sister can't have that either she's got an EpiPen too so it's kind of spreading the awareness a little bit I find with the kids it's the most that's what they're drawn to and that starts the conversation haven't had too many adults ask why I wear them but I think when I when I have bigger reactions I tend to be with someone that I know or I'm at work so the people around me know what to do but I've mostly got them because just in case I am on my own somewhere and I fall over then the ambos will check it. It's a great awareness piece and that it's something that you bring up to the kids as well and that they get that connection. Yeah, they like a few of them have said, "Can we have one?" I'm like, "You get a get a cool band, not one that has all these allergies on. You don't want the allergies." Well, they just think that the cool ones on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With managing allergies and work, um, and being the adult in the scenario and managing your own allergies, how do you deal with that day to day? Um, it can be really difficult because sometimes allergens, especially when I'm working with kids. They just forget and someone will open yogurt in front of me without thinking or I walk past where they're eating and it's there and I'm gone. Um, My bosses have been really good at putting in place um, strategies or awareness things. Like we talk to the kids about, you know, everyone in this um, place has allergies. Well, not everyone, but all of the people with allergies, we talk about everybody and how to manage that, how to recognise reactions. I carry in the front of my medicine bag, there is a card that says if I have a reaction to phone the head office and for them to tell to tell them where I am and that I'm having a reaction. So all of the kids know if I happen to be with them at that point in time, I give them that card. They know what to do. Um, I've also got colleagues who work with me, so I'm not really alone a lot of the time. It might only be for a short um, period. And then I've got my phone on me, so I just ring the boss if I start feeling a bit off or someone goes, you're purple, you're looking like a balloon. Or you've just gone really red. Like they're pretty good at spotting stuff, and one of my colleagues actually can tell by the sound of my voice if I'm having a reaction before I've realised. Like I, I answered one of her phone calls the other day, and she goes, "You're having a reaction. Have your medicine now. I'm coming." And I was like, "But I feel fine. There's nothing wrong." She's like, "Go and check. You, you're slurring your words." And I looked on went and looked in the mirror and my tongue was swollen and my face was swollen. I'm like, don't know what it was. But, yeah, they're pretty good at work with identifying reactions. Learning about your allergies to going through, has anyone helped you through your um, life with allergies? Probably mum the most. Like she used to make um, safe cupcakes and treats for me to have at other people's birthday parties because she knew I couldn't have the cake when I was little. Um, and then as I've gotten older, she, um, like she'll travel to races with me or during COVID and that she did all my grocery shopping because I couldn't do it. Um, and now like my colleagues at work are very good. And, yeah, they've helped me out a bit. And my coaches have always been awesome at 
looking after me and looking out for me and yeah it's pretty much I haven't really had too many problems as with people supporting me once they understand what's going on how do you go about telling them about it because you said once they understand or once they know how do you go about making them understand and knowing about your allergies and the reactions pretty well because they're so bad with the perfumes and deodorants and things I have to tell people pretty quickly like it's not like a the food stuff where I can sort of wait until you know there's a I guess a function or something where there's food I have to tell them almost before I meet them so if a new colleague starts at work I send an email to them and say hey this is me um just so you're aware I have this condition please don't spray deodorant near me or wear perfume or if you have let me know so I can avoid you and I'm not trying to be rude about it um and then yeah we tell people early or if they do come up and talk to me and I can smell whatever it is they're wearing I just have to politely go hey sorry I'm allergic to whatever it is you're wearing and I have to walk away because otherwise it doesn't end well for me. Sounds like you've uh, gotten that down pat with learning learning who to tell, why, and yeah. then before, even beforehand, before you meet them. Yeah. I try to. I still struggle a bit with restaurants. I don't know why. Like being like, yeah, I'm allergic to all these food. And I think because the list is so long. I'm kind of like, yeah, go with dairy and eggs and wheat and I'll deal with the rest later, which is not ideal, but yeah. How has the impact of allergies been on your life? Um, As a kid, it was all right because mum had it pretty well handled. Um, I think the COVID chemical allergies has been the worst because it wiped me out of everything like I couldn't go to the gym so that really interrupted my strength training when you can't go to the gym where all the equipment is so I had to get stuff at home and couldn't see my coach um then not being able to go to the shops and losing a whole lot of independence was really hard because when you in your late 20s early 30s and all of a sudden you're back to being a teenager going mum I need to go to the shop can you take me to the shop can or having to tell them exactly where I'm going just in case I do have a reaction like that was the hardest bit with that stuff I was yeah the loss of independence as an adult that's lost sort of um that independence is there any um advice that you would give to other adults that might be going through reactions and losing some independence speak up and ask for help like there's no shame in having people come and help you out um i'm lucky i'm still at home so mum can help me out a lot um but I also think asking your friends for help because they want to help you. Mm. Um, and, yeah, just making sure that with the, when they do help you, you say thank you and kind of do something in return as well. Um, but, yeah, it's just find the people that can help and the ones who don't want a bar of it, just forget about them would be my advice, yeah. Have you found that people that you've uh, you've got so many supportive people that you've mentioned? Have you ever found people that aren't supportive? Yeah, there's a few people at work that have in the past like gone. Oh yeah, I want toast, so I'm going to cook toast, but I'm not going to tell you. And that's really frustrating because it's a known allergen, and they were aware of it. Um, but most of my friends have been pretty good and most people once you kind of explain to them are pretty good so I haven't I haven't come across too many 
issues, but I think a lot of it just comes down to people not being educated as to how serious it is and that allergens aren't just nuts because a lot of it comes down to, you know, people are told that, oh, if you're allergic, like on the aeroplanes, you can't have peanuts, but they kind of forget about all of the other allergens as well. Um, and yeah, educating them that it's also not just kids, like it's adults. Adults can still have this stuff as well. And yeah, I think it just comes down to education and people understanding it. And I found once people have witnessed a major reaction, then they start going, oh, it is actually that bad. She wasn't just, it's not just her avoiding it. You said that there's been people that don't understand that adults can still have allergies. Uh, what what would you say to people that do say that to you? Because what do you say in day-to-day life if someone goes, oh, I didn't realise that adults could have allergies? No, I tend to just go, well, here you go, look at the band. <laughs> it's like there's not much, there's not much you can do. They're just, I guess a lot of the allergy focus is on kids. And there's not a lot for adults, so yeah, the more we can get it out there, I guess, the more people realise that you don't necessarily grow out of it. If you came across someone that was struggling to deal with being an adult with allergies, is there any is there any words of advice or support that you would say to them? Come join the Allergy Life Adults support groups because they're awesome. Um, but. I reckon it does get easier once you know what you need to avoid and, like, do your research, find the um, the supermarkets. There's online shops that specialise in allergies and it's so much easier now than it was 20 years ago. Like, when I first got told not to have gluten, it was you're on rice cakes and fruit salad and that was it. Um, but now you can you can get cupcakes and bread and yummy food so yeah I reckon just do your research and don't be embarrassed to tell people like speak up for yourself because it will save your life like if you don't tell the person at the restaurant that you can't have weight and then they go oh she's just you can have a little bit and I've had restaurants do that um like you can you're gonna end up in hospital there's no it's yeah you've got to stand up for yourself and protect yourself so yeah so do you say that to them by saying the allergy and the type of reaction that you get to them to get them to have a full understanding yeah how do you do that um yeah fun a lot of people once you bring it up they start asking what happens so they want to know what are you going to get like i think they understand like with celiacs you're going to get a stomach ache um and then i start going through well my tongue's gonna swell up I'm gonna stop breathing I might turn blue like my face is gonna swell up I get really disorientated all those things and then people start going oh that's actually really serious yeah yeah it's a starting conversation I guess is there anything else that you would like to share to either adults living with allergies or kids living with allergies not really. Just that it's our superpower. <laughs> That's what my immunologist always says. He's like, you, you've got superpowers. You can smell things before other people do. And yeah, it's just, it makes you, I don't know, I guess it makes us a bit special and makes us interesting. It gives you something to talk about. For someone that doesn't have that type of allergy that they can smell it, can you describe what you're meaning by that? Um, well, like, I've got hypersensitivity to chemicals, so I can smell things, like, my, I can smell things before other people can, if that makes sense. So, like, you might use hand sanitizer, I don't know, 10 metres away from me, and usually with diffusion, the particles spread slowly but I can smell it immediately. It's really weird. I don't really know how to explain it. Is it that you smell 
anything immediately or you just smell something that you're allergic to immediately? I think it's anything, but my body goes into hyperdrive when it is an allergen. So my immunologist once described it that back in the olden days when we were like cavemen or something, I'd be the person that would alert people to a bushfire that was kilometres away and which way it was coming so that I could keep the tribe safe. That was the genetic side of it or something. I don't know. That was the analogy. Is that the right word? Um, That he used. So, yeah. That's pretty special if your allergist is saying that you've got a superpower. Yeah, sorry. Sometimes it's helpful if there's a bushfire coming. I can smell it and tell you to move, but when it's hand sanitizer or someone sprayed deodorant, it's not so helpful. Mm. But, yeah. Well, thank you so much for telling your story, Gem, and for talking about your work and living with allergies as an adult and a professional athlete. No worries. What a great interview. That was so informative to listen to, and I can certainly relate to a lot of those aspects. Um, yeah, it does, it does get challenging as you are an adult and there are some periods of life where you have to find that support as much as you might sort of think, oh, I'm a bit older now, you have to still find that support from where you can. You do. It's really important to understand that sometimes you can be really independent and sometimes it actually pulls away and you have to be more dependent on other people. Thank you, Jen, for sharing your algae story. And uh, Grace, really appreciated you interviewing her. It was, um, it's so nice to hear. And I think if anybody else wants to, uh, to listen in and to watch the full episode and any other Talking Allergies episodes, they can visit www.allergylife.com.au forward slash Talking Allergies. And if you're interested in being a guest, get in touch with us. We're always ready to talk about allergies. That brings us to the end of another Talking Allergies episode. Thank you for tuning in and join us for our next episode as we talk about skin and allergies. We also have another special guest on too, don't we? We do. Uh, our next guest is a dermatologist uh, who talks to, us to, talks to us a little bit about skin and allergies and also shares information about an app that helps people find personalised skincare to avoid allergens and irritants. Sounds really interesting. It is. So you're just going to have to tune into another episode of Talking Allergies. More Talking Allergies. Always. The discussions on Talking Allergies are here to support you or your loved one on your journey with allergies. The topics discussed here are not intended as medical instruction or as a substitute for advice by a qualified healthcare provider.